It's January 10th, 2010, and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome to a new season of The Candid Frame. I appreciate all the support I've received over the last four years. And I want to especially thank those who posted reviews on the show on the iTunes Music Store last month. Your help in spreading the word really helped the show tremendously, so thank you. Well, last year, the theme of my interviews was living a photographic life. And this year, I've decided to focus on personal or long-term projects. I have a great affinity for these, and I thought that it would provide a great opportunity to discuss the work being produced by the great photographers we have an opportunity to speak with on the show. In the coming months, I hope that we gain some insight into what the camera is capable of being used for beyond just the individual image, and what's involved in a photographer making a commitment to a particular story or idea. As you hear these photographers and stories and see their images, I think you'll discover some great insight that will inspire you and teach you of different ways of making use of the camera you hold in your hand. Today's guest is a perfect example of this. Uni Krishnan Ravindranathan, or Uni for short, is a photographer who I met several years ago while participating in a workshop with Black Boots Inc. in Mexico. He identifies himself as a student of photography, but in the short time I've been looking at his work, I have to say I have learned a lot myself. He is an exceptional talent behind the camera, particularly when it comes to telling stories. His recent work in India is amazingly powerful, and I think that the work he will be producing in the future will be exceptional, and it's with great pleasure that I introduce you to him. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Uni Krishna. Well, welcome to The Candid Frame. Um, I've always enjoyed your work, and uh, over the past year, while I've been looking at it, I've been wanting you uh, to talk to you more about um, more about it. But let's begin, because a lot of your work is is really sort of project-based. And I know that you're um, in school now. Um, is your interest in stories something that you've always been sort of interested in doing? Or has that been largely a result of you, um, you know, studying photography? Um, it's few projects that uh, I always look around um, and uh, I've always wanted to do something. Uh, and I also get inspired from um, from people when I, you know, I go out a lot and um, I socialize quite a bit. And I see things around and people talk about things and uh, that makes me do a few projects. Um, it's not just a photography. Photography is something that I would like to learn and, you know, and that's what I'm learning right now. And um, uh, it does help me with a lot of practice. So um, my projects are basically based on a lot of people that I talk to, uh, I understand, and things that come across um, while I'm talking to people. And, and it, it, I like to do a few things, and, and I just go ahead and do it. So your interest primarily is, is not so much in photography as it is finding out the stories behind, behind people. Is that right? Um, I would say photography is, is something I like because it was my hobby before, and um, now I'm using it to be more of a, you know, I'm looking at a profession on it. Um, um, I have actually, 
want to do photography and you know talk to people and do a story based on them is something I would love to do. You know, every day and you know, everyday people, everyday life of people around, and uh, maybe projects of certain people who go through difficult times, happy times, uh, you know, situations, scenarios, and stuff like that is something I would love to do, and that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, because I I can see when looking at your your work is that a lot of photographers usually showcase you know individual images, but practically all of your all of the work that exists on your website is really more story based. Where does that that sort of interest come from? Why are you choosing to create these sort of projects, these small projects, and showcasing your work more as a storyteller, as a documentary photographer, rather than a photographer that you know, puts out just individual images. What's the appeal for you? Um, I love telling stories. I think um, um, I should say that, you know, I've, I've always portrayed myself like I would like to say a story or I would like to say something and it should, it should have a start, a middle and an end. And, um, um, and, and when I shoot, I usually do that because um, I like the process of starting with it going through the process and then ending it you know there's nothing which is uh, um, which I would leave it you know halfway or just just a portrait because even when I when I just walk on the streets it starts from the beginning of the streets and and, and it ends at the end of the street and and that'll be a project and that's it uh, that'll be just a small capsule and it could be a huge project it could be a really small project but it has got uh, the start there and it's got an end there and and I would start next day with another day, saying that okay, that's the next day on that street. So I don't know. It's it just uh, makes me it 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 it's, I'm satisfied when I do that. Uh, I I think I think like that maybe. So what do you think about? I mean, when you meet a, a person, you have, for example, you have one project uh, in here called She. Why don't you tell us about that particular project, how it started, and what were some of the challenges you faced in terms of putting together the images for that particular story. Sure. Um, the the project she, um, apparently the person I met, uh, her name is Heather. And um, I've, I've not known her much uh, as in, in the beginning. Um, I just found her um, in one of the SRO buildings uh, here in San Francisco, Tenderloin neighborhood. I've been um, I've been do, actually closely doing a lot of projects in the Tenderloin in the SROs. Um, and SRO is is what? SRO is actually building single room occupancies. Okay. So it's a very small single room occupancy. It's, it's like all uh, people who are, I mean, pretty much who live in uh, in social security. You know, they don't have a job. They they pretty much you know not homeless, but they would like to live a good life, but then they don't have a job. They're old. Um, I, I usually go knock on the door, talk to them, you know, find out what what they like to you know do, and you know maybe listen to their story, and then maybe take a couple of pictures and then walk out. That's apparently what I usually do. Um, you know, it, it's I enjoy it, and and I I also used to work with Tenderloin Development Corporation, so uh, I did a lot of photography for them. So it it I, it actually gave me access to you know to a couple of buildings into that place. So I actually met Heather in one of the uh, elevators uh, uh, in one of the buildings in Tenderloin, and um, I saw this person. I uh, you know, uh, and I just liked him. Uh, I just saw him, and I just thought that you know he had he's an amazing human being, and and he was different. 
a very very good looking person um i followed him and um apparently he he walked into another building and then i i really didn't have access to that building so i actually waited for him outside for uh for some time and then i came in the next day and um i i was around that uh, area i actually asked uh, someone who um who's working the in the front desk i went in and i asked you know does this person like this stay here and they said yes uh, they you know he lives on the first floor but can i do something i said no it's all right and i met him um he came out after some time and i asked him can i do a project or can i listen to you um you know uh about your story and he just denied it he said no and he walked away uh two three weeks i i stayed you know i was walking around the same area and same neighborhood around the same building uh try meeting him trying to talk to him um long time later about a, about a month later he actually um you know fi- you know i was still around and uh, talking around this uh you know asking him and so he, he came to me and said you know you know i what is this for who are you and then i said i'm a student i would like to do this this is this this is it and he said okay and uh, once i started talking to him uh and it was in a coffee shop he actually opened up and he said you know nobody has actually you know talked to me like so it was kind of questions i asked him um i um he just came up and he just uh, he just told me everything in in mind and he said it, he felt good after telling me the whole thing and gradually we became close uh, we became like really and i didn't photograph anything until then i didn't even take a photo of him i just kept my camera into the bag i just listened to him and and uh, um and he told me like you know why did you come up to my place i said you perfect you know i would like to see your you know your surrounding and and your 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 room and uh, he said yeah come up and then and i thought you know let me take some photos since i do photography i would like to do some photographs on him and then he said yeah sure just just do what you want to do and i really like uh, because after i started doing kind of stuff like that uh, uh taking photographs he was not uncomfortable with me uh, and he never uh, faced that i was doing something extra and and he was doing his own stuff i was sitting down uh, doing my own stuff and uh, it was great because um really intimate uh, uh uh shots i could get from his surroundings uh his uh, he was just natural in in his place and um i think me me uh, me trying to be uh, for a journalist or a documentary and i think that that is important and i think i learned a lot you know dealing with this kind of uh, approach uh, i think it it did help me quite a bit how long have you been spending um with him um it's about uh after i started photographing um uh, like the first day i started photographing then i was with him for about uh 3 months three, yeah three and a half months i was with him and um mostly i was you know i i took him out I, you know we went on the uh, on the cable car he's never apparently he's never been on the cable car he's been living in san francisco for the last 35 years and he's never been on the cable car so um he asked me can you take me on the cable i was like yeah perfect let's go on the cable car and he was like uh, at the end of the day uh he was like you know man you know i i, I don't know um it's it's great to hang out with you and i said perfect you know no problem i i really like hanging out with you too and then it it just it, it just went on like that i i meet him sometimes what what do you think the story that you were conveying in your photographs 
what are, or at least what are you hoping to get across about this you know this person's life in in your photographs uh-huh um actually I, I just wanted to let people know that you know there is there's a person like this is who exists you know um he doesn't have the money to to uh get his you know uh he's actually going to a sex change he doesn't have the money for it nobody gives him a job or or i should say that you know n- n- he is he's on on speed that's another thing that you know he he, he has an issue that he, he he takes drugs and stuff like that uh drugs and speed basically that's what he, he actually lives on um um what I, what when I spoke to him, what he said was, you know, a lot of people don't interact with me the way I interact with him. So he's he gets offended easily, and he's very sensitive with with people around him. And um, he's got a very small line, as in he's just got one friend, I should say, in in this whole building, uh, and he, and he only really talks to him. But he tries to talk. He just stands outside the building on the street, and he tries to make conversations with people. But they really don't give what he wants, uh, or, or what what you know the kind of attention or the kind of uh, conversations. You know, nobody goes up to him like that and and talks to him. And that's one of the main reasons why he steps back and he hides himself mm-hmm. from the community. And that is something that I saw. And and then the the few things that he does, few things that he does to portray himself. Is what I shot in in, in the project sheet. Uh, you know, he dresses up like a woman. He walks out of it, and uh, his happiness is just very small. Uh, as in as in compared to a lot of people around him. You know, uh, he he has got a very small line of being happy. Every day is just making himself happy in a very small way. Yeah. How do you feel uh, in terms of your concerns regarding your own you know safety? Because the turn the line. Um, is a is a rough part of San Francisco, and particularly since you're in an environment where there is a lot of, you know, a lot of addiction, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, um, crime. How how comfortable were you um, in in those situations? Particularly since you were out there with, you know, camera equipment, um, documenting, you know, this you know this person's life. What what sort of role did you? What did you have to consider when you were out there photographing? Um, I should say uh, I've really not thought about the safety part of it, but you know I can I can handle pretty much quite a lot of situations. Uh, of course, I, I'm I'm born and brought up in a in a country in in India, third world country. I mean, we've come across a whole bunch of situations and things that you know we can handle. Um, and I've never really thought about the safety part. If something comes across or something goes wrong, then you know it's a different way of dealing things. And uh, and uh, I think I I could deal. I mean, that's what I feel. I could deal because I've never come across. And I'm pretty much most of the time I'm really uh, you know soft and you know I I don't I don't raise wars against people I don't know or you know I I, I you know, maybe even I know it's not a different thing, but it's just like I know how to deal things with people. A, uh, so uh, I've never got into a trouble yet, and not very bad as as. So it's just that uh, I could handle things, and mm-hmm. um, I've I've never uh, felt a problem with safety. Yeah. Um, even with carrying cameras around, you know, it's not much of an issue. But one of the more interesting parts of your work is the work that you've done in your home country of India. Um, I see a lot of people go to India, but. Oftentimes, they're making images of 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 the urban streets 
attracted to you know the the amazing color that exists in that country. I mean, even if you are not much of a people photographer or urban photographer, the city itself provides ample opportunity to make some amazing images. But I think you reveal a side of the country that I think few are sort of privy to outside of that country, particularly out here in the West. Um, tell us about one of the projects that you worked on, the the Cancer Ward. How did that come about? Um, and tell us more about the story behind that that story. Yeah, um, actually, the uh, Cancer Ward was a district hospital, as in, um, a government hospital in India, uh, back in my hometown, and um, I, I actually remember me going to the hospital a long time ago. I, mean, I, I think when I was ten or ten or twelve years old, when my dad's uh, cousin or you know some relative of ours, uh, he was admitted uh, in the hospital, and I walked into the hospital, and and I knew it's it it was not like a hospital. It was some kind of a, like you know it was a very shady area. It, it had so much you know we need to improve our own. You know, our district hospital, a government hospital, can never be like that. Um, I walked there and um, uh, with my dad, and my dad could not find him on the register. So that is something crazy because you know he was not he was not registered into the hospital. I mean, they had no account that he was in the hospital. And we walked around, and it actually helped me see a lot of things of the I mean, uh, to see the environment in the hospital. And I saw quite a, a bit of the hospital then when I was 12 years old, and it was. It, it was insane. Uh, it was crazy. But I'm talking about in '90s, and um, um, I, I actually wanted to go back and see how it is now. Um, they've improved. I can say they've improved a lot. Uh, especially they started cancer ward, especially for you know just the patients there, and it's pretty much free for them. You know all, all the uh, uh, the medicines and the treatment and you know scanning everything is free. Um, Apparently, you know, I, I I really wanted to see what the situation was, so I I went down when I went for a holiday back to India, back to my you know hometown. Um, I walked by and I uh, I saw the place and it was it was really different. It was uh, it was good. It was much better from before what I saw, and but still the people were like you know pretty much the same. They uh, you know people who come there are you know we have a lot in India there are a lot of private hospitals, very good hospitals, you know, expensive, really expensive hospitals. But um, only people who can afford go there. But you know, people, the 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 regular people. I I would say people who work in you know road construction or you know people who work for building constructors. You know, these people go to, you can afford. They 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 go down to a uh, a place like you know, like you know cancer ward and they get treated themselves. So um, I went down there with my camera. Um, uh, I just walked into the cancer ward, I saw what, you know, how it was, um, and it just told me that I need to, you know, do something with it. So I just gradually started taking a few pictures, talking to them, make, you know, understanding how and for how long we were there, uh, and and how's the uh, situation in, in, in cancer ward. It, it actually helped me, I mean, I got a lot of stories of individual people uh, from the environment, and, and um, I really didn't have too many people to talk to there, so I just went with my camera, and everybody was busy, and you know, it's it's nobody's there to take you know look at you as you know oh you know except for if 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 they're not okay if if 
if I go to a person and they are not okay me taking a photograph, then you know it's fine. I mean, I, I don't I don't do anything like that. So you weren't going there getting permission from an administrator. You just kind of came with your camera and started talking to people and started making images. Yes, I, I just went in. I just saw you know how you know I I just smile at them and go up to them and ask them what you know what it is, and they ask me what you doing. And I tell them like you know this I'm a photographer I am a student and I uh, you know would like to you know take some shots and and uh, it's my own you know my hometown so I speak the language uh, I speak Malayalam and uh, it it helped me it actually helped me um, well, we we talk for like a long time and and, and they like you know um, you know someone else who come down and start talking because uh, we interact a lot like you know my community interacts a lot with other people so. They actually like you know a new person coming down and talking and you know it's it's really cool, and there are some people who don't like it. That's a different thing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, who, who more so. It's actually it's the same, and that's funny because when I work here and when I work there back in India, it's the same because people are pretty much the same around. You know, few people don't like it, few people like the way you approach them, uh, and if they like the way you approach, they're pretty much open. And people, you know, there are so many people who open up, and and you know, it's like. You know, you just have to go talk to them and, and show that, you know, you're a genuine person. You have to just be, you know, you and just go talk to them as like a friend. And then they just give you everything. They just talk to you like they know you for like a long time. So I, I actually enjoy that kind of conversation with people. I, I really like to know what, you know, and, and I really enjoy when people open up. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think I'm a good listener too, so it's a different thing. Is, is this something you've developed over the time that you've been you know working as a as a photographer were you when you were first beginning were you very reluctant about approaching people or was that pretty much the easiest part of it for you um actually that's something that um i i should say that um i i trained myself uh because uh i was not a i'm not too much of a socializing person when i was when i was young or you know um and apparently i started off my uh my career or you know I was interested in animation. I did 2D animation before, and uh, in yeah, I came to Academy of Art University, San Francisco, and uh, um, I took a documentary class of Emilio, uh, and and uh, he he also changed quite uh, quite a bit of my my style of, you know approaching people, uh, and he actually um, I, I trained myself uh, you know going down to the streets doing a lot of street photography. And uh, gradually, when I'm doing street photography, you know, people would come and ask me things, and and uh, I, I used to go and uh, you know talk to them. And um, down that line, you know, I, I I just started talking to people because I think uh, it's no big deal. You know, you just go have to talk until you talk. You don't know what it is uh, until you ask. You don't know how it how they think. You know, we cannot just prejudge about how they think and what they might do and. It doesn't work that way. Uh, it just, you know, unless you go interact with another person, you really don't know what they are thinking about you, or you know, about the situation or whatever. So um, that's one thing that I learned is that you know, just go interact. It, it's just no matter what kind of person they are, eye contact is a big thing. I I go to a street and I just stand in this, you know, I stand at one position. I look around. Anyone who looks at me, I, I just go like, hey, how are you doing? You know, that's kind of a conversation like that. You know, and it helps me. It it helps me. Maybe it just is is the approach, or it may be uh, the my body language. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people 
lot of friends of mine say that you know um, I could I, I I don't know what it is, but you can just go and talk to somebody. It's it just don't matter much. Uni, why don't you tell me a little more about your beginnings as a photographer? Um, I know that you've been studying here uh, in the United States in San Francisco for a while, but I'm curious to hear about your first introductions to photography and, and to the camera and whether or not the photographers of India itself uh, proved to be uh, an inspiration to you to pick up the camera and to start documenting the world around you, be it in San Francisco or or, or in India? Um, actually, I actually got my first camera when I was, um, when I was studying uh, uh, in my 11th grade, you know, say high school, my dad got me a camera and uh, I used to shoot trees, I used to shoot flowers, I shoot a whole bunch of things like that and it's a film camera. Uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff like that, but it was uh, it was a hobby, and um, I really love. Uh, I mean, I, I I I really took it as a serious hobby. Um, I did a lot of color shots then too, a lot of color um, when I was down back in India. And um, but when it came to storytelling, when I you know when I knew that I need to tell a story, and 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 I I don't know if you've noticed in my website is that I I usually st- say stories about you know the difficult things around happening, you know, more than the happy things happening. You know, you don't see a landscape with, with blood flying and stuff like that. It's usually, you know, people usually trying to say something, you know, putting across to somebody very straightforward, uh, trying to tell them, see, this is how people work and this is how people go through things. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough game. And uh, um, I, th- I think uh, that is something that, you know, it comes up with, uh, with it just, it's just in me, I, I guess, because, you know, me being schooling, it's been a little tough time during when I was young. So it's a, that's a different story totally. And uh, that's something I, I, I portray when I'm now here. It's easy for me to realize if anything is going tough. Uh, Uni, I'm particularly curious about whether any of the famous Indian photographers had a big influence on your work. Um you know, there's several photographers out there that have gained a reputation outside of the country, like uh, Raghavir Singh, uh, Anish Bashin. Um, did any of these photographers have sort of influence on what you do with your your camera? Um, you know, actually, um, I, I knew uh, one photographer. He's named Raghurai, and he is um, actually a um, a magnet photographer. I should say he's the only magnet photographer from India. You know who, who is in India. Um, uh, his work is brilliant, brilliant work. And and he was actually an editor of uh, uh, India Today, which is a big magazine back in India. Uh, it's still a magazine there, uh, and and I don't think he still works with uh, India Today. But he he was a for a journalist and a documentarian. He has got a few projects with National Geographic. I, I used to get inspired uh, seeing his work. And uh, there was another photographer. Um, it, his name is Tony. Uh, um, he he used to work for uh, actually Maroma down uh, in in my hometown, and and he was great. Uh, I've seen some of, it, but he couldn't get to to. Uh, he was not as known as as Regurai, but um, he had some brilliant work. Uh, it used to come in local newspapers in 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 my hometown. 
and uh, so those were like only the people who I used to see photography. And 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 let me tell you, like photography in in my place is nothing. You know, it's not that you know it's it's huge or they don't look at look that as a career option. They never look at that as a career option. I don't find anyone who looks at photography as career. It's more of you know photography for for fun or photography for hobby or you know. Uh, especially the small community that I come from, it's they don't you know it's all been either you be a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, and then you uh, either be you know uh, uh, an IT professional in computers and you know languages and computers. That's it. Uh, why don't you tell me a little more about this project, Cash and Blood? Um, we talked about it this earlier, but uh, tell us a little story about how that came about and what some of the challenges you faced in creating the work. Yeah, that is um, an interesting question. And uh, actually, um, I was traveling from my 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 mom's uh, hometown, I, where my mom was born and raised. Uh, my grandma still lives there, so um, I was um, I was traveling back, and I saw this a truck filled with, you know, buffaloes and cows, you know, like, you know, it's like, it, it, it was crazy. Uh, they were like, you know, my car was following uh, this truck, the whole buffaloes in there. And, and I knew, like, you know, uh, I asked uh, uh, my mom and, uh, and I was like, you know, is this like for slaughterhouse? And, and they said, like, yeah, it's totally for slaughterhouse. And I was like, you know what? Um, I really want to see a slaughterhouse because it's something that I've never thought of. I, I've I've seen you know back in India when you when you go to a market and you ask them can I get a chicken they actually put out a chicken from a cage they cut it and they put it into a blue blue you know uh, a huge can and then it you you leave the chicken to die in that can and, and then it makes a couple of noises and, and noises you could hear you know hitting his legs and feathers around and. And then he slowly, gradually it stops. And then the guy pulls it out and then removes the feathers and then cut it up and then put it in a bag and give it to you. And I was like, is this the way, what, 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 how does this work with, you know, cows and buffaloes? And uh, we are in, you know, especially, uh, I'm from a place called Kerala, which is completely dominated by Hindus. Uh, I should not say completely, but uh, mostly, you know, it's, it's, it's a big Hindu uh, uh, domination there. So, um, they're taking this cows and buffaloes down to a state Kerala Cochin and and, you know you have more of Hindus living there and we don't eat cows and buffaloes apparently some Hindus don't eat cow and buffaloes I think now a lot of people do but it's funny that you know how and uh, where do they cut them where do they slaughter them basically and and how do they do it Um, I actually approached a few markets in in my hometown. I went up to them, I asked them, like, do you know where they cut them? They were like, you know, they thought I was some kind of an activist, you know, animal activist or, you know, didn't want to get things. So they were like, you know, no, get away. I don't know, you know, forget it. And a couple of of days later, I, you know, I I did a couple of research, went to a couple of people, I, I asked them, can I do it? You know, could you mind? They said, no, no, no. Uh, I approached a couple of my friends, and uh, apparently there was um, a small uh, place. Um, it's called Angamali, and and uh, I drove down there, uh, 30 miles from Angamali, uh, uh, 30 kilometers, sorry, uh, uh, from Angamali. You go, you drive in, in into a village, and they actually um, there are four people who do this for some extra cash. 
they they actually slaughter um, buffaloes and they make extra cash during the weekends. And it was it was interesting to me. And I really wanted to meet at least one of them. You know, I at least want to talk to one of these people. Uh, so we went. Uh, actually, my friend was there. He 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 actually drove the car. He told me like you know. Uh, let's go and try to get this one other person and talk to them about it. I said, yeah, let's do it. We went, we looked for him. We asked a lot of people around. Uh, Emily's like pretty pretty known. It's a small community. Everybody knows each other in that community. So, you know, you know, there's one guy who's, who who does this slaughtering and, you know, you talk to, and everybody knows that. So, you, you so did you see this guy? And uh, we go up there and then he's he's standing there and, and he's getting ready for the next day. Uh, and and I go to him and I say like this is what I do and this is what I would like to do, and uh, do you think you're okay with it? Um, he was he was fine and, and and he just said yeah just come in tomorrow at three o'clock in the morning. And I said three o'clock in the morning I mean do you cut like three o'clock in the morning? He said yeah, we cut at three o'clock in the morning and uh, it, it's a Saturday night, so do come and uh, we cut one of them we, uh, and we're gonna go get it from the market right now. We're gonna get a live one from the market right now. So apparently that was Friday, I guess. Uh, uh, no, it was a Saturday morning. Sorry. So um, I said, "Wow, sure." And, and then uh, we go two different ways. He goes get a, a a live buffalo that day, and then in the night he he slaughtered, and that's what you know I saw. I mean, in, and 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 I photographed, and that's that's what is in the project. And uh, after the cutting that happened that that night, that uh, the whole also that night morning, there was this middleman who comes down and he says, did you finish it? I said, yeah. Uh, and they said, okay, and I was like, here's the money and I'm taking the stuff. And it's a rickshaw. It's a small rickshaw that they drove the rickshaw down to the main market and this, you know, they give it off there. They give the whole thing. And, and I think the middleman makes a little more than, the, than these people. Well, they are some pretty devastating images to have to, to look at, though. You know, we all know that this is what most people do to procure their meat. It's quite another thing to see it in in living color. Um, considering that this was the first time that you had ever witnessed this, how did you feel, and what was how did you, you know how did what did you feel while you were taking the images for such a, a brutal scene? I was uh, I was shocked to see you know like especially when when um, uh, when he just. The, the guy I spoke to, he came with this pretty long knife and he just slowly, you know, pushed the knife through the, you know, through the buffalo's neck, you know, as if he was talking and he slowly did it. And and I was just wondering, you know, what happens? Like, you know, like they don't find it uh, crazy or they don't find it. It's, I don't know. I mean, a lot of things came up to my mind and I was just stopped. Like, and I was like, what? It didn't make any sense. But my, my idea was just, Say the story through my camera. Let a couple of people know. Uh, I, at least uh, after I did my my project, I showed this project uh, to a couple of my friends around, and they were like, "This is crazy." And and I was like, and and I have a few person friends too. So they saw the thing and, and they eat uh, meat, you know. So this is this is crazy. And I said, "Yeah, this is crazy. This is exactly how it happens." And uh, they were like, "You know what? Uh, it's crazy. Somebody has to do this to know how it works," you know. And and that's the first comment that I got from after you know a friend came up and said you know somebody has to do this do this project to know what happens 
like only few people know, but I, I don't think a lot of people go up and take photographs. I don't know. I, I, I've not heard about anyone going and taking photographs. But this is something where I at least wanted to go and see how things work. I mean, how is this done? Well, one of the more interesting things I'm picking up from having a chance to talk to you is that you don't let an initial no uh, stop you from pursuing the projects or the stories. Um, a lot of people are kind of hesitant of even approaching people in the first place because they fear that rejection. But that that doesn't seem to, to stop you. Um, is that something you've always had or is that something that's developed over time as you've pursued photography more and more? Um, that's a, again a good question. Um, I have, yeah, um, I really don't matter if someone says no to me. I'm okay. Um, if someone says no, you cannot do it. I was like, all right, that's not a problem. I mean, there's always a way out. Um, you know, I always believe that there's always way out. Uh, you know, if you're in whatever whatever situation you are, you know, how how stuck you are, I think there's always some way to get out of it. And 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 one of the ways uh, with uh, I can uh, you know is you know talk to people and you know tell them what you're genuinely trying to do. I think you just have to be completely genuine about. You know, go and tell what you're really doing, and find the right kind of people. It just works. It, it just perfectly works. And then there's a lot of networking there, and there's a lot of uh, talking involved in it. And and but it, it's just how you present yourself and completely tell them what exactly you're looking for, and not putting them into trouble or you know you you're not doing anything wrong. As as you know that I'm, I I really don't want you know I I hate feeling guilty about after doing something and then I feel crazy about it. Except for the last project, I should say it's something like you know unreasonable you know guilt that I had after walking out and photographing that whole situation. That after the slaughter was done, uh, I was driving my car back home and I was like, what do I do? I mean, is this something that I had to do or is this something? That, but I thought about you know it is something that you know. It's good that I did because I know how it is. It's some information. It is more information from before I, I, I drove to that point. It is something, someone asked me, did you, do you know that? And I said, yes, I, 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 I witnessed it, you know? Uh, and I, I believe in, in most cases, I like that. Is, is that it's great information to know another human being or, you know, at least what people go through, you know, what, what, uh, what things are going to happen. And I believe in it. I don't know why, but I just believe it. I know that you're going to be done with school fairly soon. What are you hoping to do? What are your aspirations in terms of your photography and, and your work? Um, I'm slowly trying to get into cinematography is something I'm looking forward for it. Uh, and uh, especially it, it, photography does help a lot. Storytelling does help a lot. Um, I think I'm, I want to do my master's in, in cinematography. That is something I'm, I'm looking forward to do. And I think I want to do it. Um, this will be still going on. I will still continue documenting things. Some, you know, projects that I really get uh, attached to. Uh, some projects I, you know, I will still document and I'll still have the website on and I'll keep making photographs. Um, but professionally, uh, you know, I would want to do cinematography, which is another totally. It's a video. It's you know, it's another whole game. I know you've been working around with uh, some multimedia. Um, with the She Project, but I'm curious to hear whether or not you have been doing 
much video um, or multimedia in terms of the work that you've been doing with India and, how, and what role has that played? Uh, no, I, I really didn't uh, do a lot of video when I was in India. Um, um, you know, actually when I went this time uh, back to India, uh, I, I, I really didn't carry a video camera. So all I carried was just my regular camera and uh, I just made photographs and everything was just, you know, talking through images. Um, but now I think I'm going to go and, uh, uh, you know, I would want to see everything, you know, make videos out of it because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slightly a different game uh, from, from just still images. So um, it's something new. I would like to look into it and I think I can do good in it. So why not try it? Well, my last question is to ask you to recommend um, a single photographer who you want our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone from someone that you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that photographer be, be for you and why? Just one photographer. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I look into a whole bunch of photographers, you know, websites and I see, you know, there are so many people I'm, I'm, I'm connected to. Uh, I, you know, I get inspired from a whole bunch of people around and, uh, some of the greatest people that I've come across, uh, uh, and you know, uh, I've studied with him. Uh, I mean, I, he's 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 he has taught me a whole bunch of things. Is actually Emilio. Uh, you, you know, uh, I don't know if you've already got and got hold of him. Um, he he's a, a street photographer. He does a lot of street work, and um, uh, he actually got uh, you know a, a kind of website called uh, Black Boots Inc. And I learned a lot from him, a lot as in a lot, you know, dealing with people, dealing with situations, talking to people, uh, you know, walking with my camera out there and, you know, knowing what to shoot, when to see light, how to see it, training your eyes to see how it works. Uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's one of the classes that I've picked, uh, you know, did with him. And uh, I think it's it's just brilliant. Um, he himself is a brilliant human being and, and a great photographer. So. I look upon him and I think you should, you should interview him because, you know, he's great. Well, thank you, Uni, for uh, being the first guest for 2010 and the best of luck with you and in, in all your work. Thank you, Brian X. I, I really appreciate, you know, you coming down for this uh, and uh, great questions. Thanks for joining me for another episode. If you have any comments or suggestions, please send me a message on thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com. You can also join me and other listeners of the show by joining us on Facebook, Twitter, and Flickr. Links to each can be found on the blog. So until next time, this is Ibarian Exparello, and this is The Candid Frame. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.